Well, snot. The Caps lost their second game of the season, but it's okay. They played well, had a good goaltending performance. We'll talk about that. And Nick Alberga from Toronto will be talking about the entire Metro with me here on Locked On Caps. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Locked On Capitals here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, as always, every day, the insider to the insiders, Tyler Cool. And yes, guys, we had a little bit of exciting hockey this past weekend, and there was a lot to talk about, and the Washington Capitals lost. Well, that, that just was not to plan, but... We'll get to what happened, how it happened, why it happened, and what to expect maybe coming up a little bit later on, on Tuesday in particular, tomorrow night against the Colorado Avalanche. And also we'll be talking about the entire Metro division. Not just one preview, no, the entire thing. Who's going to come out in front? We'll talk with Nick Alberga from the Six, from the Great Wide North. He'll give his take on the Metro division. But as always, thanks you folks for making Locked on Capitals your first listen every day, free and available on all platforms. So, yes, Saturday versus Tampa, big game. Tampa not looking good in their first two heading in. They lose to Pittsburgh opening night. They have a 7-6 to gong show win over the Detroit Red Wings on Thursday. They come into Capital One Arena on Saturday, not really knowing what to expect. And you know what? Jeez, the Caps looked real good early on. They seemingly took the play. Unfortunately, they ran into a Vesna-caliber goaltender who looked like a Vesna-caliber goaltender on Saturday night, Andre Vasilevsky. The Caps played well. They outshot him 10-4 in the first period. Chances galore. The Bolts looked like they may have scored early in the second period, or they looked like they scored the first goal of the game. Ended up getting a call back on the fact that the puck went out of play and no one noticed it, which kind of was a good break there for the Capitals. But it just seemed like, man, oh man, oh man, that this was going to be the Caps game. But they were just getting bailed out by good goaltending. But then late in the second period, Alex Ovechkin gets an opportunity after a great play by Tom Wilson and Trevor Van Riemsdyk on the boards. Ovi comes in, snipes it through Victor Hedman, through Vasilevsky, his third goal of the season already, 733 on his career, made it one nothing Caps, and it just it's that goal that we like to talk about with Ovechkin. It's not necessarily him speeding down the left-wing side into the zone, cutting across, but when he's moving right to left from a goaltender's perspective, he's lethal, and it's already a tough save as it is for the goaltender. Imagine a goalie, when you're going one way or another, you have to make sure that you're A, on angles, keeping up with them, staying square with the shooter, and the same token, be ready for one of the best wrist shots in the game today. Not an easy task for any goaltender. Ovi still has that shot. By the way, Alexander Ovechkin has scored more goals. They talked about this on the broadcast Saturday night. More goals against Tampa Bay than any other player in NHL history. This guy likes playing Tampa. Now, yes, the majority of the start of Ovechkin's career in the old Southeast Division, when Tampa was uh, not good, yes, he scored a few goals. Everyone remembers the infamous hot stick goal where he was you know, scoring 50 on Mike McKenna and saying his stick is too hot. The dumbest celebration ever. Don Cherry ripped it. I ripped it. It was not a good time for Alexander Ovechkin, at least by the looks of things. But, man, he, just, he always was finding a way to put two against the Tampa back in the day, 
whether it be because they had a bad team, bad goaltending, whatever it was, he liked scoring. But then again, when you play one team often more than not, and that was back when they were playing each other six, six to eight times a year, you get used to getting shots and getting opportunities against those teams. So no question the reason why Ovi had an opportunity to add to that list. He almost scored right after that, too. Puts one off the post, off Vasilevsky. Vasilevsky dove back, saved it off the line before the end of the period. Ovi could have gone back-to-back games with two goals to start off the year, but inches, just inches away from saving it. And, boy, guys, Ovi is looking good. He's got a, He's got his shot going. He's got his feet moving. He's getting himself into scoring chances. Multiple opportunities that one time around the power play. We'll get to a couple he had later on, but, man, he had some chances in this one early on as well. Caps had a great start in the third period, but Mikhail Sergachev, of course, the who should have been a Montreal Canadian, stayed there forever, Mark Bergevin, was able to let one rip from the point. I don't think Vitek Vanacek even saw it, but somehow just snuck into the back of the net. At that point, making a 1-1 game early on, I really thought, I mean, Vanacek, I think, played great in this game, guys. Especially that second period, too, when Tampa really started to come back into the hockey game. They had 10 shots on goal in that second period. He looked solid. Had to make some big saves, some big sprawling saves in tight. He looked good, looked confident. And remember, guys, we keep saying, when are we going to see Samsonov? When are we going to see Samsonov? Well, it, the way Vanacek's playing, Ilya Samsonov's on the back burner, kids. Because it's really hard to pull a goaltender when he's playing well. If Vanacek gave up five in this game, you're right. Samsonov may be playing tomorrow night. However... Vitek Vanacek is not wanting to give that net up easily. So the game continues on. Garnett Hathaway collides with Nikita Kucherov. He bangs him in the leg, leaves the game. That's not good for Tampa. But we go to overtime. Caps get a power play early in overtime. Get so many chances. Alexander Ovechkin blasts and everything, trying to be the hero. And nothing happens until the dying seconds when Steven Stamkos comes down the right wing side, sneaks one by Vanacek. Just an absolute dagger into the midsection and the bolts win two to one in overtime let's just be happy though folks that this one did not go to a shootout something you learn about me kids when we hit that extra time after we go 65 minutes i believe the game should not count that's just my opinion but obviously the capitals have to get to that point because uh shootouts are dumb shootouts are mainly massive skills competitions so vanacek like i said played good 22 out of 24, I know that's not a huge number for a goaltender, but the chances that Tampa got in that second period, not as much in the third, obviously, but when he his name was called upon, he did well. The first goal, screenshot from the point. What's he supposed to do? Second one, the game winner, Stamkos on a two-on-one. One of the best shots in the game as well. Come on. Vanacek played great. Obi scores another goal. Uh, I think if you're looking at it, I don't think the defense could have played much better of a game from Washington's perspective. They controlled the play for the majority of it. It just seemed like it's one of those games. They just didn't get a bounce here and a bounce there, and you end up losing. That's how the game goes. Three points in the first two games for Washington, not awful. And now you got a big game tomorrow night against the Colorado Avalanche. Not going to be an easy one for sure. We'll probably do a little bit more focus on that tomorrow, mainly because the Nathan McKinnon story coming out of Denver right now is still a hot topic. We'll get the update on that tomorrow. But first, we're going to take a quick pause, but we're going to come back with talking with Nick Alberga from 
Toronto, NHL broadcaster Nick Alberga, radio personality up in the north from the six to talk about the Metropolitan Metropolitan Division. Ah, words are tough this morning, kids. Uh, but does this sound familiar to you guys? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, and you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. Direct TV Stream. It brings all of your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place. No more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. The best part, no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. And as we say it off the top of the show, guys, on this jam-packed Friday edition of Locked On Capitals, I am joined now by a guy I know rather well in previous endeavors. He is from Toronto, from the six, but we're not going to hit up the Atlantic because, unfortunately, the Maple Leafs, there's too much talk about that team. We're going to talk about the entire Metro division with this guy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show for the first time, Nick Alberga. Nick, how are you doing today, sir? I'm fantastic. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Nick, I, I got to ask you this. This is a question that I feel dumb that I have never asked you before. <laughs> there are so many great hockey nicknames in this game in the world. There's the Golden Jet. There is Mr. Hockey, the Rocket Richard. How does the Golden Muzzy come about here, which is your Twitter handle, at the Golden Muzzy on Twitter? How does that all come around? So you're going to laugh. I'll, I'll give you the Coles notes because believe it or not, I've been asked this question a lot, uh, but I respect people for asking it. Uh, it. It's pretty simple and it's probably what you don't expect. Uh, about a decade ago in new media class in school, we were instructed to uh, create a Twitter account. And so it was Movember. I usually grow my mustache in, in Movember and it comes in and it used to come in a bit more blonde than it is now. And so I was like, how about the golden muzzy? Like just thinking, I'm like, I just want to get this Twitter account started. And then lo and behold, you flash forward to 10 years later. It's, it's sort of become my identity and my brand. So I can't get rid of it. I remember when I joined on with my previous company, they're like, oh, we might want you to change that. And I'm like, I just can't. <laughs> well, for first, yeah, unfortunately people can't see it, but you have like this big luscious brunette beard. That's when I saw We saw the golden muzzy. I'm like, us blonde folks, we can't grow facial hair for snot. So yeah. you somehow got the good genes there, Nick. Well, it's being Italian, right? Uh, but That's I take true. a lot of pride in in Movember and and raising money for uh, cancer research and all that. So I, I, you know, I've been doing it for like a long, long time. Movember. So it, it's amazing how life works out and stuff works out that it could have been any other month and I wouldn't have been the Golden Muzzy. I could tell you that you would have just been the Golden Alberga or something. Yeah, like that, it would have been. I don't know. It would have been something punny. I love puns. Oh, I, I trust me. Your your Twitter, your tweets are are awesome. It, they'll be it'll be the middle of August, and Nick Alberga will say somebody trade somebody. Um, Does somebody make a trade? Hashtag NHL. I got to make T-shirts. Oh man, that'd be I, that would sell, man. I, that would sell, especially <laughs> especially in the middle of August. Well, August during normal years. August nowadays is actually kind of busy in the hockey world. But let's let's get to the Metro here, Nick. This is a division that in the East is probably the more competitive of the two it may not be the best i'm saving that for the central division but you know you have the new york islanders who just seemingly couldn't get over tampa the last couple of years you have the carolina hurricanes who outside of trying to be trolls are seemingly like one of the best teams in the division the penguins are banged up but the caps while they're older are a little bit younger now with hendrix lop here as we saw last night or the other night excuse me and but then there's 
Philadelphia and there's a revamped New Jersey and Columbus is possibly going a different direction here. This division has a lot of questions more than answers, it seems like. Yeah, 1,000 uh, percent. I think at the very least, it's going to be a competitive division. Uh, I think if you look at those 18 specifically, two you mentioned, you would probably suggest are not likely to make the Stanley Cup playoffs. The Devils, number one, they're, they're heading an upward trajectory. But I just think you look at that division, it's a lot more difficult than maybe other divisions. And the Columbus Blue Jackets. But I think at the very least, Columbus will continue to be a very hard team to play against. And they do have some gamers and, and Jacob Voracek and and guys that ilk, you know, Patrick Laine, we'll see what he has in store in his first full season as a member of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Like, they still have some pretty decent players on that roster. So uh, when you're playing inside your division there in the Metro, every night's going to be a tough one. But I certainly could see a pathway for a team in the Metro to go all the way this season. There's a lot of a lot of depth, I'll say that. Let's let's kind of go team by team here a little bit, not, not going too deep on each team because we could probably be here for three hours if we wanted the case mainly with the Pittsburgh Penguins alone and trying to figure out what they're trying to do. But the Islanders, for some reason, they barely did anything, Nick. They bring in Chara and Parise, sure, but the core is still there. Anders Lee is back. This team is just shaping up. Like It just seems like all the cards are getting aligned for this team to make that deep run, get through Tampa, and possibly make it to the finals. It really is a slow build with this team. And I think for anybody who knows sort of Lula Amarillo and the way he's worked throughout his Hall of Fame uh, career, I mean, slow and steady does win the race. Uh, I still wonder from an offensive perspective, and granted, they went to game seven in a low scoring uh, matchup with Tampa yet again and just couldn't get that elusive goal. If they're, they're still lacking that game breaker, Ella, maybe like a Vladimir Tarasenko, who I think eventually will get dealt by the St. Louis Blues because it's no secret he wants out. But, uh, you know, full credit to him. He's just gone about his, his daily tasks with that team. But I think certainly the way they play, the style of play, the goaltending is fantastic with Ilya Sorokin and Semyon Varlamov. I think they have a very underrated back end. Watch out for Noah Dobson this season as well. I love the pairing of 44-year-old Zidane Chara and 21-year-old Noah Dobson. I, I think that's tremendous. Like there's, an, there's a lot of nice pieces on this roster. I think the cherry on top, if you will, could be sort of a bona fide sniper, but that's easier said than done in this league. But I, I totally agree. Like the Islanders are primed for something special. I'm just curious to see if they can get that extra piece to maybe put them over the top here. Well, as long as Tampa is not 18 million over the cap, I think they should, you know, maybe a little bit more competitive. Carolina is another big, interesting question. And the question has been the last couple of years oh, the goaltending, the goaltending, Mrazic and Reimer, but then it's Nadelkovich, but then Nadelkovich gets shipped off. And they signed Frederick Anderson, who only played like a Baker's dozen last year. Yeah. Anti Ranta, who has been on the IR longer than pretty sure this pandemic has been going on. He's felt True. like. What I mean, is this team going to be good enough? I mean, defensively, yeah, they're still there. And Rod Brindamore is a great coach and they still have Aho. And and of course, they have so many offensive weapons. Sveshnikov is the one that kept slipping my mind for some dumb yeah. reason. <laughs> Where does this team end up in this division now? Goaltending aside. I actually have Carolina winning the Metro division. I, I think they're an excellent team, but I'm right there with you when it comes to goaltending and I just thought it was so fascinating that two teams that couldn't get over the hump in the Stanley Cup playoffs in Toronto and Carolina pretty much exchange goalies via free agency, right? right? Peter Mrazek goes to Toronto. Freddie Anderson goes to Carolina. Having said that, I do think Carolina is a fantastic fit for Freddie Anderson. He can just go about his day job, play hockey, be a goalie, doesn't have to deal with the extracurriculars of being 
you know, like the way he was here in Toronto. I think it's very similar to Anaheim and how much success he had with the Anaheim Ducks. I think, granted, you know, and there's always that disclaimer of if healthy, I think Freddie Anderson could be primed for a massive season here. Um, I, I just, again, I wonder, you're right, with Antiranta. Like, he's been so dinged up throughout his career wherever he's been that you start to wonder if they've sort of lost the depth that they once had last year when they had the three-headed goalie monster, if you want to call it that, right? So right. I think if there's one thing you take away from Carolina that might deter them from getting all the way this year or doing something substantial, it could be the goaltending, but there is the factor Freddie Anderson, I think, can play much better than he's shown the last couple of years. Yeah, Tommy Dundon will take care of all the press and media down there in Carolina. Exactly. My goodness. Yeah. Uh, Let's let's head up. You mentioned Elias Sorokin and the other really good young Russian goaltenders in the Metropolitan Division are coming out of the New York Rangers. Now, Georgiev, that first night against Washington, maybe not the best. But then again, Alexander Ovechkin decided that he was going to be Ovechkin. So that's just the thing. But the Rangers, they they just seem like they can make a deep run for not maybe not a deep run, but making the playoffs this year, not, you know, doing the qualifying round thing as they did back in the bubble. This team actually doesn't look bad but it just doesn't seem like they're mature enough and they don't have the right pieces in place to make the playoffs yet right well well that's the thing right because i think it's so hard to temper expectations on broadway especially when you make you know so many seismic changes you know chris jury coming in um, gerard gallant now is the head coach like there is the expectation to compete right away especially when you're paying artemi panarin mika zibanejad gets that contract you brought in jacob truba a couple of years ago you have the you know, the reigning Norris winner and Adam Fox, like there's just so many pieces on that roster, but then they have to temper expectation and knowing that some of these guys are so young, including their number one goaltender and Igor Shostorkin. And then you throw into the conversation how, how, how stacked that Metro division is. And I, I think night one, uh, you know, on, on Wednesday was a prime example of that. The Washington Capitals are a seasoned team. Uh, people are sleeping on them right off the bat and they buried the New York Rangers on opening night. And we really didn't see any extracurriculars as well with Ryan Reeves and, and Tom Wilson. So I think for the Rangers, it's pivotal. At least you take that next step this season, but I'm tempering expectations just because of who's in that division and how many teams have been there and, and, and have won before for that matter. Sammy Blay, for some reason, decided to take on the physical play last night. Him and, yeah. him and Trevor Van Riemsdyk. Good for him getting at least a full-time NHL gig, at least this season with the Caps. We'll get to them here in just a moment. But let's let's stick around with the, I call it the MSG teams, if you will. They're all in MSG, except for Buffalo, of course. That's the Atlantic. But the New Jersey mm-hmm. Devils, there is the whole Mackenzie Blackwood saga. I think that's the big cloud that's hanging over this team. Yes, you bring in Dougie Hamilton. You have a better defense core. You have... Very young, talented hockey players up front. Jack Hughes, of course, being one of them, probably going to be the go-to guy moving forward with this team. But if this team can't get through the this whole thing with Mackenzie Blackwood, I just feel like it's going to loom over them and it's going to affect them on the ice as well. Well, I think it's important to note, too, like even with Mackenzie Blackwood, the only thing they have to wonder about uh, is his availability to play in Canada, right? right. Um, so I think if they can get past that. Um, but I think you're right, like, I think, I think there's only four or five players in this league as we speak that are unvaccinated. And I think Blackwood has been hinting in recent days that, you know, he's probably likelier than not to do it. Um, I think for a variety of reasons, he hadn't done it uh, previously. Uh, but I, I think there is some merit to, to what you're saying there. Certainly, I think you look at New Jersey, um, you know, progression, I think, is the word they're looking for, especially when you lay out that coin and that contract for Dougie Hamilton, who I think is big for this team, clearly. I think they're expecting a bit of progression here from Ty Smith and some of their younger players. And uh, it's easy to forget 
and we want to forget last season, but all the COVID and everything that ravaged teams, I think front and center was the New Jersey Devils because Jack Hughes was off to a scintillating start oh, and yeah. then he was ripped by COVID and the season just wasn't the same for the New Jersey Devils. So I think the expectation is there that Jack Hughes is going to do more of what he did in the first, I think, 11, 12 games of last season than maybe he did in the last 10 to 15. And I think that will go a long way. Like, I like the Thomas Tatar pickup. Um, I think depth is still a bit of a concern with this New Jersey team. Uh, having Nico Heischer back and healthy, their captain, I think, is massive. Uh, but again, you know, ultimately, I think it just comes down to that division. Mackenzie Blackwood or not, I think there's just way too much depth and way too many teams that are just really, really good in the Metro for the Devils to legitimately have a shot uh, you know, at b- being a top three team, at least in the Metro. We saw a team that had quite a bit of depth based on the fact that two of their best players were not on the roster on opening night down in Tampa. Do, do we tamper expectations with the Pittsburgh Penguins after they just smacked around the two-time defending Stanley Cup champs? Or do you think that was a banner night, the reason why the Bolts came out slackly when the Pittsburgh Penguins just took them to town without Crosby and without Malkin? Yeah, I got to love like hockey coming back. That's when you know it's starting to become realer, if that's even a word. Uh, then it, it has we'll go been with it. We'll allow it. Yeah, we'll, we'll go with it. <laughs> like, you know, the way it's been the last couple of years is the fact that you know, one loss and it's like trade everybody, trade Kucherov, trade Stamkos. Um, I, I think when you look at Pittsburgh specifically, um, I think there's going to be ups, there's going to be downs. I'm still not sold on Tristan Jari. Um, I thought he was fantastic in the first game, but that's just one of 82. We'll see what Casey DeSmith, the backup, can bring. Um, they got a couple guys in contracts, contract years, you know, namely Chris Letang but also of Genny Malkin, who's slated to miss the first couple months. Sidney Cross is going to be back soon. Jake Enzo is going to be back really, really soon, as you know. Yep. So there's still some you know, absolute gamers on that roster. Um, I'm just more curious to see how they stack up against the elite teams in this division, the Islanders, who I think they, they had a good fight with, uh, you know, ultimately losing last year in the playoffs, and, and the goaltending was a big reason why. So I think Pittsburgh's going to be right there in the mix. Uh, you know, very similar to any team that, you know, in pro sports – You know, Tom Brady comes to mind, for example. When you have, like, seasoned elite Hall of Famers, if you will, and guys like Crosby and Malkin specifically, and I think Chris Letang gets there one day, you're always going to be in the mix. And that's that's ultimately how I always see the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Washington Capitals. Until those guys are gone or just not the same players, I just can't go against them. That is 100% true because I mean, as soon as Brian Burke got hired, I remember the next day he went on radio and said, yeah, we're going to make sure we're a competitive hockey team. We want to win the Stanley Cup. Exactly. And, I, and all of us yeah. said, I'm like, I know that's the plan, Brian, but I'm like, he probably, he's, he's, I mean, Brian's not a dumb guy. He's very no. smart. He knows yeah. he sees the writing on the wall, but he knows as long as 87 and 71 are on the roster, they're going to try hard, which I mean, it almost seems like, they're destined to make a move at the deadline for a goaltender barring how things go, but maybe yeah. Jari does have a great year because it's only a couple of years removed that he was an all-star for goodness sakes. People forget about that a little bit, but like I said, playoffs aside, he'll probably, I mean, he hasn't had a whole lot of playoff starts. I mean, he had the one start in the bubble. I remember and game three against Montreal and then got thrown to the wolves when the Islanders started to really take it to him in the postseason. We'll get back to chatting with Nick Alberga here in just a second. But do you guys know about Built Bar? Built Bar has so many delicious flavors, and there is something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. They have so many different flavors there at Built Bar. They have coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, cookies and cream, and more. 
If you haven't tried all their flavors, you can get a mixed box, which means you get two of each of the nine flavors that they have. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're also healthy too. 70 to 18 grams of protein. Calories range from 130 to 180. Only 4 to 5 gram net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy with Built Bar. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. And you can go to Built.com and use the promo code Locked On. Get your 15% off your first order. Use promo code Locked On for 15% off at Built.com. Sticking in, speaking of goaltending issues, and in Pennsylvania, which just the one city, Ronnie Hextall knows all too well about this, the Philadelphia Flyers. It's almost as if with this team, with a revamped blue line, Cam Atkinson there to score goals, if Hart has an off year, because Marty Jones won't save this team, I'm sorry. The Martin Jones train, I think, is passed. He's good, but he's not 2016 Martin Jones. If Carter Hart's not a Vesna or close to Vesna caliber goaltender, the Flyers are not even going to be close, it seems like, in the playoff race. I agree. Like That's the biggest wonder with this team and the bi- biggest pendulum swinger, if you want to call it that, is Carter Hart. Like If Carter Hart can play with like the guy we saw a couple of years ago, then I think Philadelphia is a unified cup contender, never mind a Stanley Cup playoff team. I think they have it up front. I think they got to buy time here for Kevin Hayes to get healthy. But I think they addressed some major league concerns. And I think they lost a lot by not having Matt Niskanen last year, who retired a couple years back. Yep. Um, I, I think inside the room, um, you know, and, and it's tough to speculate on that because we're clearly not inside the room, but I think they made some leadership changes uh, in the room. And I think when you bring in seasoned guys like Ryan Ellis and, and Keith Yandel and, um, you know, guys of that ilk who, you know, are very well respected throughout the league and in, inside their respective locker rooms, I think it goes a long way. So I actually like uh, quite a bit what Philadelphia has done here in the last little while. And my expectation is that they're going to be a playoff team. I know people are sort of sleeping on Philadelphia, but it is a recency thing. Like going into last year, a lot of people were expecting Philadelphia to maybe compete for the Stanley Cup. And now because they had one bad year, people are so down in Philadelphia and pretty much expect them to miss the playoffs. I think they bounce back in a big way here, not to mention their captain, Claude Giroux, is in a contract year, and I think oh, yeah. players are very, very hungry and motivated, and he wants to get paid. If it's not with Philly, it's with somebody else, and I think the Flyers are going to be a tough team to play against this year. Boy, if, if Giroux was ever not in a Flyer sweater. Crazy, eh? Someone will go find Bobby Clark. I, don't, I know he's not involved with the team anymore, but someone will find him, and someone will try to bravely fight Paul Holmgren, which may not go well for him either. <laughs> Um, but I, I, like I said, the flyers are, they're an interesting team because they, let's be honest, if there's no pandemic, Philadelphia wins the division in 2020, they would have eclipsed the capitals. That surge they were going on into the postseason there into the pause, at least the team that has the biggest question mark based on the fact that no one knows what to expect, just the way things just unraveled last year for them, both goaltending, both trades with the coach and now a new coach, even though one of the coaches got fired because and whatnot, Zach Ronaldo, like everything is just seemingly going haywire for the Columbus blue jackets. John Davidson is sitting there holding the oar, trying to make sure this boat stays straight. They are good. They can be competitive, Nick, but will there be consistency is the question with this club. Well, that's a big question, and that's a really good, fine question to ask. Like, you enter Brad Larson in this, in this conversation, John Tortorella out, so you got a new coach and a team that clearly is is still startled and and rallying around, you know, Matisse Kivlenix and, and what happened in the offseason, right? And, and especially being the fact that Elvis Merzlikens, the number one goaltender for this team, was really, really close to him. So 
it really is sort of a rallying cry and a galvanizing moment for this organization. And I, I think they're going to exceed expectations. Like there's a lot of pride in that locker room. And I think you look at guys like Max Domi specifically, Patrick Laine comes to mind, as I mentioned earlier on, are going to be better. Um, you know, my wonder comes up the middle uh, with this team, whether it be Jack Roslevic or Alex Texier. Um, I know the opening night roster could feature a couple youngsters, namely Cole Sillinger. I, I don't know how quickly you want to rush young players, especially when you're uh, rebuilding like Columbus uh, into the National Hockey League, especially in that division. I think you have to be very careful, but I think at the very least, clearly Sillinger is going to get a look, probably play a couple games, and then they're going to determine from there the next step for his progression. And you can't forget about Jake Voracek, who's got a lot to prove uh, coming back by way of the Philadelphia Flyers coming off a down season. I think he's going to have a really steady season. And I wonder about that combo with Voracek and Patrick Laine, right? So I think my expectation is pretty much the same as it's been the last couple of years with Columbus. Like we knew this is coming, right? When, when they traded all their assets to compete a couple of years ago and ultimately didn't work out, but good on them for doing it. Um, I think they're going to be a good defensive team. I think you look at, uh, you know, Elvis Merzlikin specifically. I think you look at Brad Larson, the way his coaching brand, you know, works. Um, I, I think this team is going to, you know, be in a lot of hockey games. I just don't know if they have enough to get over the top in games. But I, I think it's going to be a very competitive team. And, I, you know, I wouldn't sleep on Columbus, that's for sure. Yeah, you mentioned Cole Sillinger getting the lineup and, oh, you don't want to rush kids. And somewhere Steve Eisman saying, buddy, I got Lucas Raymond starting tonight on the mm-hmm. top line. <laughs> Yeah, And again, he looks pretty darn good. So yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll have to keep our eyes and ears on them. Last on the caps here, just give us your quick thoughts. Unfortunately, people hear me talk too much about this darn hockey club. But Ovechkin scores two opening night. Hendricks LaPierre, who was supposed to be in Shakutami at this point, the way everyone yeah. predicted to go in camp, scores his first angel goal. Connor McMichael didn't play in game one, but he looked pretty good in preseason as well. People say this team is old. We talked with John Walton on Monday about it. He said, oh, this team, yeah, they're older, but they still have the ability. But now all of a sudden they bring in a couple of young kids. And I know it's only one game, Nick, but there's a lot of people all of a sudden thinking, you know what? This team could be up there towards the top of the division again. You call it old. I call it seasoned, right? Um, right. And like many seasoned teams in pro sports, they step up to the occasion. Nick Backstrom's not in this lineup and it didn't matter, right? Um, it's one game granted in the in in the opening game against New York Rangers, but I think it was a statement game, especially for the the way people have been treating, you know, the Washington Capitals here in the off season heading into the, uh, the regular season. Alex Ovechkin is still a premier finisher in this league. Uh, I think this chase for Gretzky's record is going to be outstanding. I think he's got tons left um, in the tank. Evgeny Kuznetsov is the guy I'm watching this season. Um, You know, similar to what I said earlier on, a lot of teams were banged up by COVID, especially in the Metro. And I give them a mulligan. I, I, I truly do. And among them is Evgeny Kuznetsov, who I think got it not once but twice last season. Yep. Ditto for Ilya Samsonov, their number one goaltender. I guess he's in a tandem with v- Vitek Vanacek. So I think the Capitals, another team similar to Pittsburgh, are going to be much better than people expect. And I, I just, I'm not quick to, to count out you know, pros, you know, guys like Ovechkin, guys like Backstrom, Kuznetsov, John Carlson. Guys who know what it takes to get over that barrier, if you will, uh, and win and, and be a team that's always there year in and year out. So I think the Capitals find a way again this season. But it's, it's always fun saying that because there's only so many spots for so, for so little teams, right? That's, that's, that's the best part about it. Yeah, we're at that point now that only half the league makes the playoffs. 25 yeah. years ago, it was three quarters of the league. Then yeah. again, we can't say much because baseball only has – six or five teams make the playoffs, which is yeah. push league because 
<laughs> the stupid nationals had to ruin it for everybody. <sighs> the Jays did everything they could. And what stupid. Na- I, and now uh, the you, Red Sox are in the ALCS. Unbelievable. Yeah. I, well, I can't, you can't look at it that way. The, the Jays blew about 10 games in the spring, right? Well, those games don't matter. Remember social media. It's 162-game season. They do matter, though. That's the thing, right? Uh, Enough about my Jays fandom and my unmitigated distrust for Toronto sports getting it done when it matters most. We've been chatting here with Nick Alberga. Nick, right before we let you go, tight for time here. Metro Division pick and Stanley Cup pick. So uh, I got Carolina winning the uh, the Metro. I just like the composition of that roster, and I have Carolina and Colorado in my Stanley Cup, if you can believe Ooh. it. And I think I believe uh, Colorado. I, yeah. yeah, Colorado's the easy pick. Um, I I just think it's their time, and I think you look at that roster. It's hard hard to argue against. Uh, you know my feeling. They're they're damn good. Watch out. Yeah, oh, yeah. So now you're so you're gonna wait until you pick who wins at all. Then that's a smart way. Well, to no, I got Colorado to win. Oh, yeah, Colorado over Carolina. Okay, that's probably yeah. smart. It's, I, I'm, I want to be the same way. I say Colorado is this generation, this now generation's Tampa, based on the fact that they can find ways to win, but they just can't get it done. And McKinnon will probably be like McKinnon, almost the same as Stamkos. Like getting winning the big game, I think is going to be so important yep. for them. We've been chatting up here with Nick Alberga from the six. Follow him at the Golden Muzzy. And Nick, man, can't wait to see what you keep on doing, man. You're doing awesome stuff up there. Hope to talk to you soon. About more than just the Metro eventually, but you know what? Hey, man, it's good to talk to you. Sounds good. Thank you so much for having me. Take care. And a huge shout out once again there to Nick Alberga from the six from Toronto NHL broadcast extraordinaire joining us. We'll definitely have him later on down the line to get his take on everything going around this Metropolitan division. All sorts of chaos going around, seemingly at least heading into this season. Uh, some games going on tonight. Only one game on Sunday, by the way. Do you guys see this? Ottawa Senators are 2-1 and one as they beat the Dallas Stars. Uh, you know, the Sens could be something this year, guys. Uh, games on tonight, though. Rangers in Toronto taking on the Maple Leafs. The Seattle Kraken looking to get their second win of the year against the Flyers, who are only playing on their second game of the year. Anaheim goes up to Calgary. You're going to take on the Flames. St. Louis and Arizona, the nightcap over in Arizona. And Glendale, for now, Glendale. But that is it for this episode. We'll be back tomorrow, though, folks. Don't you worry to get you caught up on the matchup between the Washington Capitals and the Colorado Avalanche. What could happen, especially with Nathan McKinnon still out of the lineup, not on the road trip? Boy, that's not a good thing. COVID issues in Denver. Thank you very much, as always, for making Locked On Capitals your first listen. Now go make your second listen of the day, the Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Oh, Scott Cullen leans on his decades of fantasy hockey insight and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy hockey league. It's free and available, just like this show, on all platforms. We'll be back tomorrow. Be sure to follow us at Lockdown Capitals, as always, folks, for any updates and, and you know, obviously updates with the Capitals. You got to stay on tune. You got to stay all caps all the time. Be sure to follow me, too, Tyler Cool at TJKU29 for insight around the league and just some useless hockey jargon from time to time. Thank you very much for listening, guys, and we'll see you tomorrow here on Locked on Caps.